Happy Hump Day, everybody, and welcome back to Brown Bag Bets, powered by Betsperts. We are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. Joining me, as always, Mr. Andy Molitor. And do we have some news for the people, Andy? Is there any updates in the Betsperts world we might want to share with the folks? We bought an app. No big deal, but yes. The Fantasy Life app, if you haven't seen the PR, the press releases, whatnot, we did acquire Fantasy Life. It is Matthew Berry's uh, creation, his little, uh, I mean, a community, really. It's great. If you like any sort of social media, this is really fostered on fantasy football. It's it's surprisingly busy, even in the offseason. There's a lot of people over there swapping uh, stories and ideas and who should I pick up in Dynasty Leagues, even right now. So, yes, the acquisition of the Fantasy Life, it will remain its own app. These will remain two separate apps for now. This, I mean, for the very future for you know I'm nothing nothing will change it's besides some synergy between the two products and yeah look for that uh and if you don't already use it for fantasy or something along those lines and you don't understand they have the fastest NFL updates like as far as injuries if you turn on push notifications for their NFL updates it's legitimately the fastest in the industry that's the biggest thing we've seen on social this morning like hey you guys aren't gonna mess with the the notifications are, yeah, the NFL news stuff. Now, of course, that's the one of the biggest and best features of the Fantasy Life app. So you can download it anywhere, Apple Store, Google Play, get it, get it, get it. Yeah, check them out both if you have any questions. Obviously hit us up, but yeah, it is, it's going to be nice because we don't have a big footprint in the fantasy space. There's such a nice overlap between fantasy DFS and gambling is, you know, obviously you you see a lot of these fantasy players getting into like player props and stuff like that. So hopefully we can uh, foster some relationships between the two communities and build on that. It'll be uh, a lot of fun, especially come football season, because, you know, fantasy is every sport, but fantasy football is still king. It's still awesome. It's still a God among men as far as uh, fantasy sports. So, yeah, look for more stuff as we go throughout the week and especially into the falls. We'll probably have some more fantasy and DFS content if that's your bag. Yeah, fantasy football is great. I I know just about everybody that's in the league with their friends that they've been together with forever. I don't play too much outside of that. Um, I did get into a best ball kind of dynasty league thing, which was pretty interesting, but. it's great. It's still super fun. And like you said, I know we always talk about sports betting, but there's a lot of overlap. And, you know, maybe we'll sprinkle in a fantasy guest or two over the, the football season. Oh, no, for sure. I think especially as we get towards the fall, people start doing fantasy drafts. Like, honestly, with the amount of stuff I do for NFL prep and just getting ready, and I usually take a vacation sometime in August, too. It's like, Jesus, I... I really almost always struggle. I'm like, I did not do any fantasy prep. Like, I'm not ready. So that's where that's the awesome part. Like the deep dive, we've done that a couple times. Like, Christ, let's get a fantasy guy in here to talk the draft. <laughs> just like, and I'm sitting there. I'll, I'll sit there and like take notes. Which we used to not do streams, so you couldn't tell. Now, now you'll see me like on the video sitting like I'll I'll be putting it in a Google Doc. Maybe I'll just you know what it's recorded. I can always re-listen to it later. So, but back to some news at hand. L.A. the two L.A. teams kind of headed in opposite directions last night. The Lakers looked good, and the Clippers did not. Let's start with the Clippers. What is wrong with the Clippers? What is going on? It's. I was mentioning in the chat that it, last night's game, when I went back and watched it, actually this morning, I didn't watch it live, reminded me a lot of what I've seen from the first two games from the Celtics. 
the offense for the Clippers looks really stagnant. This team doesn't have a true point guard. You know, outside of the few minutes Rondo is on the floor, they don't have someone that can really drive and kick that generates a lot of ball movement. When you watch some of these better basketball teams, the ball is constantly moving. Players are in position with their hands up, ready to get the ball and do something. You watch a Celtics game, you watch some of these Clippers games, you got guys standing with their arms down just watching the ball. There's not any sort of fluidity there. And I think at the end of the day, that that's really causing a lot of trouble for them. You watch the other side of the ball, and Dallas has Luka Doncic, who is not only a great ISO player, but is constantly keeping everybody involved. You look at those guys, again, hands up. They're moving. They're looking for the ball. They're trying to create something. And the Clippers defensively have not been as good as we thought that they would be. Um, I thought it was interesting to see them switch out Batum and do some things like that. Serge Ibaka has not looked right. But for me, again, the big thing with a lot of these teams is in 2021, you know, a lot of people talk about shooting three-pointers, but I think now that teams have adopted that, the next sort of edge that you have is going to be having guys who can penetrate and kick, guys who can generate offense and play in a way that's open and wide and fun and keeps everybody involved. I mean, if anyone's played basketball, you know there's nothing worse than being on the floor knowing you're not going to get the basketball. If so-and-so has the ball, you might as well just start jogging back to the other end on defense because it's over. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing with the Clippers. It's something's not right there. That team doesn't look happy. They don't look cohesive. They're not having fun playing together. And, you know, maybe Ty Lue is not the best coach in the world. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's one of those uh, things where it's like, oh, he was so good in that one that one playoff run. It's like, oh, yeah, but he had he had LeBron. What a mess. Like and yeah, the Lakers, that, I mean. That fixes a lot. The, yeah, the Lakers, the, the Lakers they, like, look pretty good. Yeah, they LeBron did look pretty nice good. Game. If you remember what that uh, the odds were for that series and what they shifted to, it's like minus three fifty right now. So they've got home court advantage now, so it it makes sense to me the move. I think it's probably a little big of a move, uh, but I've got enough Suns liability. I don't think I'm going back at the plus two forty, plus two fifty. We saw them here, so you've got the odds to win the Western Conference here. Our Blazers still there at thirteen to one. There's some better numbers out there. So if you didn't get on the Blazers, I think you can still jump on. You know, they didn't win game two and, frankly, look all that good. But they won game one. They stole home court advantage. We're going back to Portland for two. So I think now's a good time to get on the Blazers if you didn't already. And, again, the Clippers, I don't understand why they're plus 550. That looks – I mean, their series – their price in the series, I think, now is like plus 230, something in that range. So yeah. that's just a rough number. You've got the Jazz at plus 275. Yes, Donovan Mitchell's coming back. But based on the reports we heard, that might be a bad thing. Um, there's a lot of whispers and things about how the locker room is now go bears. Unless you start hearing stuff like that, it's just bad. So you keep looking at this. It's the Suns or the Lakers, I guess. I mean, yeah, the I, I was going to say Suns at eight to one isn't the worst. Just considering, it's funny how like uh, seating just means nothing right now. These these seed they should throw out the seating numbers and just start putting like uh, start putting the betting odds in front. Like, hey, guess what? The Lakers are the one seed right now. Because they're the favorite in the betting market, and you know the the Grizzly at forty, you know Grizzly is at forty one. That is what it is. But like Nuggets, Blazers, right there because of one of them has to one of them has to be eliminated, and then their path isn't super easy. But yeah, with Blazers in my pocket, I'm not I'm not saying I'm too late to take the Lakers, but I wish I had had a little earlier. I guess I do have them to win the title at some some promo bets, some little stuff. But uh, the Lakers look very good, and yeah, the Clippers, I, I guess. They don't want to put a big number out there just in case, but yeah, that's unbettable. The Mavericks likely unbettable. They're not going to have this sort of matchup for two more rounds, and and yeah, the the Grizz obviously that's I'm not putting anybody there, but yeah, Lakers are Suns for me too. I think. 
when you look at it, like you said, the way it's all stacked up, all the teams you want to bet on are playing each other. So the winner of Portland-Denver gets the winner of Lakers-Suns. We've yeah. already got some Portland to win the West. You know, I don't feel great about the Nuggets without Jamal Murray, as good as Jokic looked the other night. We just talked about the Lakers' price. They have to run into the Suns. You look at the other half, then it's Jazz, Clippers, Mavericks, Grizzlies. There's no one there really to get excited about. And then you start to look at the numbers, like, you know, maybe Mavericks make a run to the conference finals. That's kind of interesting. But like you said, it's six and a half to one. It just, I think that books are looking at this and going, we don't really know what to do. So we're going to tighten up all our prices and maybe somebody will bet it and maybe they won't. We're, we're fine. That's what yeah. this says to me. So I'm probably abstaining from more futures. I don't need any more. I'm sitting on Blazers, Lakers to win. I have a Nuggets or Mavericks to win the West. West, I think. That's right. I remember remember that. that from like the weird Black Friday promos? I have two of them because you bet it at the one and then you bet you bet it at the red book and then you bet it at the blue book if you want to bet both. So <laughs> if, if people get my meaning there. So um, real quick, cup odds. You know, we don't bet hockey, but I figured I'd put this up because producer Dan made a very nice graphic here with the shining cup. Avalanche moving on, waiting for the winner of the uh, Wild and uh, what is it? What are they? The Golden Knights? Or is it just or do we Vegas just say Golden. knights now? Yeah, I, I'm just gonna say knights so, so that's a that's a series that could go seven. So obviously the Avalanche, not only a favorite and very good, but they're sitting there resting up, waiting for a winner of a long, drawn-out series. Maple Leafs 550, just because a Canadian team does have to make the final four. I'm still I'm still hopeful for my hurricanes. I have 20 to ones, it's down to eight to one. I know that uh, they struggled a little bit with uh, the Preds, but here we go, Hurricanes. So nothing else. Uh, I'm not adding any futures, mostly because I don't know what the you know what the shit I'm doing with hockey. If anybody has an opinion on that, by all means, tell me if there's a if there's a number in here that's worth betting. So yeah, the Avs the Avs just look so good. Like whoever ends up coming out of uh, the the pod that ends up playing the Avalanche, that's rough. Because it's it's going to be a much easier path not going through Colorado until the finals. So, good luck to the rest of the league. I don't know if this even works out, but yeah, Hurricanes Avalanche final. Let's go. Lightning, lightning Avalanche. Lightning. Oh yeah, lightning. Well, <laughs> lightning <laughs> Avalanche. Happy, semi- yeah, well, somebody's going to be sad. So, how does all the reseeding work? Like, is there any chance the lightning gets stuck in the same pod with Colorado? I hope it's- not. It's full receding based on it's yeah, it's seeding they'll go, you know, one v four, two v three based on where those four teams that come out of the pod sit. So you have to wait for the first and second rounds to be finished. So if if a real low seed pops out, like you're playing the avalanche. You know, it just it's kinda how it works. So it might it might work out for some of my teams to be like being the two seed. And again, I don't know how all these teams were seated according to record, how it all works, but I think it's probably good for my Hurricanes. I don't think there's a, a high chance they could meet the, the the Avs until the final. Don't quote me on that, though. I'm not a hockey better. Speaking of actually betting on some games, though, you have an NBA total, no, an NBA side, a little bit of a derivative market tonight. What uh, what's uh, What's the rub here? Knicks first half, minus one. As a lot of people know, the Knicks first half is one of the best things you could have bet this year. I think it was like 49 and 20-something against the spread for the season with two pushes or something like that. Just an incredible record for them at home. They start every game with a lot of intensity, and I think tonight we're going to see a lot more of that. Um, you know, They lost game one to the Hawks. This is, a, frankly, a must-win game for them. If they go to Atlanta down 0-2, 
this series is going to be over very quickly. I know that motivational ankles aren't the greatest thing in the world, but it's just a series like this. We have something like that coming against um, something that we see every year. Teams that win game one on the road, especially underdogs, tend to have a really down game two. It's a lot of ways they're looking ahead to coming home. You know, they're enjoying the win from game one a little too bit, and they frankly let off. So I think the Knicks are going to have a great start to this game. I expect them to win this game, but I think it's going to be close at the ending, you know, just like we saw um, in game one here. So happy to take them in the first half, minus one. There's um, a juicy minus a half somewhere. Um, you know, minus one's fine. I, I think that's okay here. Just a really nice nice spot for the Knicks, you know, must-win situation. I think Atlanta is going to come out a little slow after having won game one as an underdog. So let's go Knicks first half. Yeah, hopefully the uh, <clears throat> Trey Young heroics can wait till the fourth quarter. I don't even know who I'm cheering. Again, I said I was cheering for the Knicks because it was so fun watching the Garden rocking like that. But <laughs> I do I do hope they take this game because sel- just selfish reasons. I don't have any money on, you know, anything. Well, I- I'd like to see your Knicks – four to three series price come through. But also besides that, I'd just like to see a game seven. I'd like to see this series go on and on. So very uh, fun. Next basketball is a good thing for everybody. It really a couple is. other games tonight are tough. They're big spreads. I think the Sixers can cover a big number, but the back door is always open there. And then the Jazz are laying nine and a half and Donovan Mitchell's return, which I'm not sure is a good thing or a bad thing. So yeah, we, we don't know how that team feels about each other right now. Maybe we're going to just, we're gonna sit back and watch. Those. Yeah, sit back and see how the Jazz feel about each other. So, oh, last night, if you caught it, I played the course. I shot a 59 down there in Colonial. Not that tough of a course, really, for me, because I have a huge stick that's accurate as all get up. And I can putt like a madman. I even missed some putts. Still shot a 59. No, I mean, I'm driving 310, 325. Oh, cool. doesn't, doesn't matter. Yep. So crushed it. If you didn't catch that, it is on the YouTube channel. Uh, approaching Green. Pam and I go through 16 different bets that we placed. Outright head-to-heads and whatnot. Um, I'll have everything I bet. Everything I've given out here. Everything I've given out on Approaching the Green. Everything I've given out uh, just everywhere else. And everything, I, literally every bet I make, I'll have in a blog form this afternoon including some day one stuff that I already placed this morning. I'm not going to sit and go through each one of these in great detail. You can tell. I mean, some of these guys are just people I have as fade positions. Uh, Snedeker's a guy I like this week, too. I was happy to see a matchup versus JT Poston. Uh, Keith Mitchell was kind of a fade for me. I laid a little extra juice on that. Uh, he's always... He's always a bit of an enigma for me, but I'm fine with this this week. Uh, Tony Finau getting a lot of respect in the market. And, yes, he's a top 10 machine, but uh, Kokrak's a guy I have outright. Kokrak's a guy I have some matchups. So I like that at a big dog price, especially in a single round yeah, like that. Nice. It's high variance, single round. I know four out of five are favorites. but And, truthfully, the way they lay these juice, like Sneds over Poston, that's not a favorite. It's 14 one side, 16 the other. Sneds is the dog in that one. So the same thing with Knox and Ortiz. Knox is actually an underdog, but you can't get away with a low hold on most of these single-day markets. So Knox over Ortiz, Cockrack, Cockrack over Finau, Perez over Keith Mitchell, Snedeker over JT Poston. And again, <clears throat> double dipping. Sometimes this works, sometimes it don't. But uh, Jason Coke over Sergio Garcia at minus 116. So I had to f- bet these in a couple different books. Not everyone has the same markets, but uh, if you do have any questions about individual matchups, hit me up in the Twitter replies because I will usually give you an opinion based on that. And I'm excited. It should be a good tournament. Yeah, absolutely. 
I like that tournaments after majors. Those, those seem to be fun because you'll have guys that had down weeks come and sort of pop. Yeah, and it's not a big letdown. Colonial's a nice course. This is actually the yeah. longest running single uh, PGA tournament that's held at the original course. Like, they've never changed courses. It's been there for like 70 goddamn years, and it, it is a nice place. Um, so very excited about this. And yeah, Mirfield next week. The memorial's yeah. another like there's there's some good tournaments here between here and the, the next major. Uh Arubarena just even things up. Our parlay sits in her hands in a third set because Harriet Dart, I believe, I think she took the third it took three she sets. Too. She needed three sets too. She needed Fun three sets. So uh Arubarena right now up 30-15 on return so an early break here would be very good for that parlay to come through um i would like that we have one tennis bet to close things out today just, just a little french dog. open yeah it's again we're right in this time of the year where we've mentioned it's matches are happening right now prices are opening so there's not a lot to pick from and also as we get later in the week that's kind of one of the nice parts about tennis folks there's a lot of stuff you'd like to normally bet on the weekend tennis heavy monday later in the week very light Works nicely for NFL season. But for now, you know, just one match. We're going to take Anna Karolina Schmedlova. We actually had her over against Korpatch yesterday. Korpatch had a chance to take the second set after getting bageled in the first. Unfortunately, she did not take advantage of that. She was up a break. I think served for it once, if not twice. But we're going to take Schmedlova here. She's a dog to Veras Vonareva, an older um, Russian player who's solid on clay, but much better as a hardcourt player here. Um, you know, I have this match, obviously, a lot closer to the line. But Schmidlova, you know, I would have been a plus 130, plus 135 range. So I think you can play this down to like plus 155, plus 160. I think there's, you know, a lot of value here in Schmidlova, who, again, traditionally a much better clay player, especially in slow clay like we have here in France, has been in a little better form here versus Vonareva, you know, someone with a little more of a recognizable name, better statistics overall. But when you start to hone into clay, hone into outdoor, hone into some of these slower surfaces, it gets a little worse for her. So I like Schmedlova here as a dog, plus 185. And again, at this price, it's still a full unit for me, even though sometimes I would go less than that. So like this number a lot. Is this semis or quarters? Are we in the second? This is second or? This is, I think you have to win two more matches to qualify. Jeez, it's, it's hard because it's, it's really easy, a it's final. It's just qualify. sort of an end point. <laughs> So, right. and uh, just spoiler alert, and you'll see some tweets about this, I'm sure. We will be talking some tennis tonight on the deep dive, among other topics, but we will get, it's tough because the draw isn't, uh, I think Friday morning is the draw, so it's tough to talk about a tournament when you don't know where people are seated, nor who they play, nor their path. A lot is dependent on the draw. A lot of tennis handicappers will have, you know, anti and anti and post draw um, bets where they said, you know, no matter what, I like this number. But a, a lot of them will wait until the draw to see if they can pick off some easy paths and stuff. And I'm sure we'll get into that tonight. So probably no heavy tennis content until Wednesday or Friday. We'll probably touch on it a little Thursday if the draws early. But definitely next week we'll get heavy into some French Open stuff and possibly even some guests on here, some tennis guests talking so. French Open, Roland Garros. What are we doing? Let's get uh, let's get wild with it. So uh, let's close with a big thank you to the sponsor, WinBets, where your $500 risk-free bet is always available. Always there for new players. Six states now. More to come. Links are in the pinned tweet. Go sign up. Get your free bet. If you have questions on optimal strategy on placing a free bet, I did create some articles um, 
Yeah, they're good. Right, right at the beginning of March Madness, kind of explaining the the math behind how you should apro- approach having a risk-free bet. In fact, one of the tips I gave was just, hey, pick any of these underdogs in the round one and just mash it. The bigger, the better. And one of them was Oral Roberts. If you placed a five hundred dollar risk-free bet on there, you'd have uh, you'd have some, honestly, you'd have them mad at you because that would have been they would not be happy. That would have been like an eight thousand dollar win. So that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. Let's Just leave do it that. in there. Play it over a couple of times. Be nice about it. Come on. I think, and it, and you did mention play it over. It is only a one time rollover. Like it is not one of those twenty five rollover things. You just need to play it over once more before withdrawing it. So nothing weird. Check the T's and C's. So just to make sure you're in compliance, and we'll see you tomorrow, huh?